Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus. I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Foo News Media. Continuing with our conversations with restaurant professionals on all of the unique tips, ideas, strategies, and perspectives that they have on getting through the coronavirus pandemic. And today that conversation is with Scott Davis. He is the president of Core Life Eatery, which is this really exciting fast casual franchise uh, based in upstate New York. That's focused primarily on healthy, wholesome, real food, fresh ingredients served in bowls and plates. Like I said, this is a really exciting concept that's grown to over 60 locations now, uh, primarily in New York, but now in several states. This is a company that was just named uh, by Consumer Reports as the top fast casual destination for healthy dining options. So that's how you know this is just a legitimate, growing, thriving, exciting brand, considering itself uh, one of these lifestyle brands that's dedicated to not just healthy ingredients, but more wholesome eating, more wholesome foods and even beyond that with customers in their in their lifestyles and encouraging a more healthful way of living. Scott, you might know, is the former chief concept officer at Panera Bread. He's been in this industry now for many years and has a really unique perspective, especially having been with Panera for several years and watching that company grow and now taking it over at Core Life and being able to apply that expertise. I wanted to hear from him a little bit more about what he thought about healthy eating in this day and age. Um, how will the pandemic affect healthful trends um, that, of course, we were heading toward with the fast casual industry especially. Uh, we talked about that, about Core Life, how it's still innovating with the menu through the pandemic and, and positioning itself uh, with its menu and its messaging to continue being one of those top destinations for healthy eating. Uh, but we also talked about this idea that the pandemic has been an opportunity for Scott and his team to take a step back, they have opened 60 locations in five years. It's been all grow, grow, grow for the last several years. And now he's taking this step back and reevaluating the concept, reevaluating the operation um, to see, you know, from end to end, what, what needs to be done? What are the, the little details um, that can be tweaked here and there as the company positions for more growth down the road? Before I jump into that conversation, though, once again, I do want to remind you that we are currently collecting information through a podcast survey. We want to know a little bit more about you and your thoughts on this podcast, what you think, uh, so that we can better tailor the content to suit your needs. Um, so we've launched this podcast survey, which you can find at qsrmagazine.com slash fast forward. Again, that's qsrmagazine.com slash fast forward, all one word. It's only going to take you five minutes or less to answer these questions, but it's going to go a really long way in helping us to make this podcast better and to better suit your needs. Now, everybody who fills out this survey at the end of the month, at the end of June, we are going to be um, doing a drawing for a $50 Amazon gift card. So to incentivize you, please go and take five quick minutes to fill out this very brief survey because it's going to not only enter you into a chance to winning a, an Amazon gift card, but it is also going to help us make this a better podcast for you. Again, go to qsrmagazine.com slash fast forward, qsrmagazine.com slash fast forward forward. Take only five minutes of your time to fill out those questions. Okay, I'm going to head now into this conversation with Scott Davis, the president of Core Life Eatery. Uh, I started by asking him, you know, he's been in this industry for a long time. What was his perspective of the pandemic? What was his in initial reactions uh, in comparing this to anything that had happened before in his career? Well, you know, certainly it's uh, something that we've never seen before, nothing even close to this. Um, and, you know, it shocked everybody right out of the gate. So, 
um, you know, as we first went through that first wave of trying to figure out if we were even going to be able to be open or how to how we could you know service guests, mm-hmm. uh, it took us a little bit of time to figure out what our game plan was going to be. We put one together, rethought about what the implications were to our locations, and um, started to implement the plan. But basically, we were already doing a lot of um, mobile order pickup sort of um, work, so that really mm-hmm. helped us out a lot. And that we were already ready for this sort of environment. We had to do some configurations in our in our cafe or in our in our dining rooms, and uh, and uh, obviously close those off for folks. A um, little bit of signage work and a lot of internal work relative to sort of the cleaning, the instruction in terms of uh, you know for our employee practices. How do we do this right? How do we do how do we do it safely? We spent mm-hmm. time getting really focused on that. Got got a clear understanding of what was going to be necessary. And began to execute our plan. And, um, you know, at first it was very difficult. I mean, we really, we obviously have, um, you know, reduced our staffing uh, per store basis to, to be more consistent with the volumes that we're seeing, which is in the beginning started off, you know, sort of in that 70%, you know, off of the mark kind of uh, number that we'd seen. Yeah. Um, and progressively it's gotten better and better over the last, uh, you know, few weeks um, to where we're, you know, sort of celebrating a negative 20, 25% kind of a number versus normal. Um, right, right. Crazy, but sort of where we're at. And, right. uh, you know, what we did find that was interesting because we started talking about, amongst ourselves about, you know, how this could possibly play out for us. And one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, core core life at its at its core is, is really around whole, clean, healthy foods, which mm-hmm. naturally sort of help your immune system and keep you healthier. And it was one of those things we talked about. How do we help people understand that without making it seem overly sort of gimmicky or opportunistic because we didn't want to come off feeling that, like that but at the right. same time we knew most of us through personal experience how powerful it can be to eat a little cleaner and uh, just sort of cleaning up your diet through the process um mm-hmm. and so for us what we found was our loyal customers really loved the, the ability to get to get their food and be consistent with what they've been eating previous to that and we found a lot of new customers along the way who figured out that uh, eating clean and healthy can taste phenomenal as well so yeah. yeah, it's been quite an experience for us. And that was just the beginning. Yeah. And, and I want to get back to that idea of the clean, healthy foods, because I think there's a really interesting component to, the, to as we move forward, what that all means for the Core Life brand. But you said something interesting, which was talking about signage that you had to put up for customers. And you know, this has been my experience just as a customer, which is there have been a variety of restaurant experiences I've had in the last two months where there was a lot of confusion over how to do the order and how to pick it up. Um, I've had a lot of phone calls with restaurants trying to figure that some of this stuff out. Um, obviously, there's no one size fits all approach for the industry. But what does communication with your guests look like? How do you get them all on the same page so that you can make sure this is all as effortless as possible? Well, you know, you start thinking that signs will be the answer, but you really realize quickly that what you've always known is people really don't pay a whole lot of attention to signs on average. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Signs was one approach, and that quickly morphed into some sort of physical. Um, sort of barriers, if you would, as well. So we, we used a lot of our chairs to create distancing, and we also did some taping off and some marking just to give people the, the idea of, of how far the six feet needed to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're a single-line serving concept, so we actually put our, some of our dining chairs in, in front of our um, serving serving line. So it created an extra little bit of distance between you and the server. We were actually open to come in and order your food in line as well as pick it up. So... Um, so it gave us a little bit of a, you know, we had a great, we have a great sneeze guard and a great system that kind of keeps people separated anyway between mm-hmm. the, you know, our, our staff and our customers. And so really it was a little bit about reinforcing that and helping customers understand how to stay further apart from each other, which 
they pretty much figured it out pretty quickly. So, but we used use our chairs and some signage along with our chairs to create space space that made sense for folks. Yeah. Was it hard across several locations? I mean, you guys have grown to several dozen locations by now. Is there, I mean, was it easy to be able to implement the same strategy for all stores or was it a little bit of a fractured approach? It was actually pretty straightforward because most of our locations have all, they've all been built within the last five years, which means they're all pretty close to each other in terms of a floor plan layout, you know, given mm-hmm. that each location has got a little idiosyncrasy, but for the most part, our serving line follows the same approach everywhere we go. So it wasn't too tough. Gotcha. All right. So I want to talk about this idea about healthy food. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people. And I feel like the opinion's a little all over the map in that, yes, of course, healthy eating is 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 especially important right now to make sure our bodies are, are fit. Um, but, you know, there's also a lot of people who think that comfort food's going to come back as people are, you know, going stir crazy and, and, and are anxious and are looking for something to, to comfort them. Um, what has been your experience? I mean, obviously, you're, you're getting customers coming in for healthy food. But as as you listen to your customers and what they're saying, I mean, what is your sense in terms of what consumers want when it comes to healthy food right now? Well, you know, what they want is what they've always wanted. They want it to taste great. They don't want it to feel like somehow it's a sacrifice. So mm-hmm. I'd say that, uh, I'd say, you know, what we've learned, you know, in doing the core life business now for a few years is really that even the most strident and, and focused people who, who are exercising every day and, and doing all the right, th- right things food wise, they still want to have some time where they just, they can relax a little bit maybe, and maybe they call it cheating. Maybe they call it sort of just, you know, comfort food or whatever. But no matter how good people are eating on a regular basis, there's always a period of time sometimes when they want to have something that just, you know, comforts them. So that right. can mean a lot of different things, right? So for me, sometimes it's chicken wings. I don't know, you know. So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's not so black and white ultimately is what we find. You know, we, people love yeah. the idea of being able to have the staples and being able to have a program that can kind of, you know, if they're on a program, being able to find those foods every day. But, um, you know, in the end, people want variety. So, yeah. us, you know, we, we've actually been, you know, put, we've actually put together a whole taco program that fits into the sort of the core life sort of philosophy. And we're, we're, gonna, we're in the middle of rolling it out as we speak. So by the time the whole world opens up, we'll have a whole new category in our menu again. So we've, we've been hmm. using the time to sort of try to find ways to en- enhance uh, what we do as well. Yeah, sure. So for the last decade, you know, there's been this incredible trend toward healthy foods, which has been really encouraging. I mean, you know, even up and down the the restaurant space, you see even, you know, the QSR burger chains are are improving the quality of their ingredients. But there's just a real, you know, focused attention on health. Um, of course, over the last year or two, that's been really toward um, meat alternatives, uh, plant based meat alternatives. It's been really interesting to see a lot of that conversation. I I feel like in the industry anyway, a lot of that conversation has kind of stopped, you know, because right now, obviously, there's other things to think about. But what do you think becomes of some of those trends, all of the trends in healthy eating, whatever they might might have been pre-coronavirus, where do they go after this? Well, I think it depends a little bit on exactly like I think if it's a, you know, an eating style, I think they, they, they come and go on a regular basis, whether it's keto or Whole30, things like that. So I think mm-hmm. those things will continue to pop up and be popular for a while and have a kind of a kind of a base audience for them. But I think overall, people continue to look for you know where is my food coming from, how has it been treated, how uh, you know ultimately how clean is it through the supply chain, and and how well and how freshly has it been prepared. I think those things will continue to be strong. Um, you know what we found you know in trying to work through this when I was at Panera was. People were really willing to pay for higher quality if they could perceive that the quali- they could really get the quality. They could taste it. It wasn't just yeah. some words on a board, but it was actually a material effect that they could relate to. So I think mm-hmm. if you're providing that, I think you're going to be okay. 
So the Core Life business, you guys were really booming. I mean, uh, you guys have been one of the most exciting brands to watch over the last couple of years, your growth, you had incredible momentum. How does this affect that? I mean, I have to imagine things are slowing down this year, but I mean, do you double down after coronavirus is behind you or what does expansion look like after this? Well, I think, you know, for us, we were actually entering a period of slightly slower growth in the first couple of years. Uh, So this is sort of feeling pretty consistent to where we were at some level. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it's a bit of a shock to the system to slow down, you know, new openings as much as this year is going to provide, you know, cause. But um, in the end, what it's really been doing for us is something that we had already started, which is sort of, you know, we opened up, you know, almost 60 stores in the course of five years. And for the last six months or so, we've really been sort of taking a really focused approach at, you know, sort of where, where along the ride have any of the wheels come off the bus or gotten loose so we can kind of put them back on, right? So mm-hmm. we've kind of been that re-operationalizing our, our, our concept. So it was really a chance for us to sort of take a deep breath, look at what we're doing, figure out how to make it even more efficient and more effective, both from the consumer point of view and from the operations point of view. So mm-hmm. we just continued working on this. And in some ways... This whole thing has been sort of a, a purification, if you would, right? So yeah. if there was anything that was sort of on the bubble, it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd say the most important thing for us around this has been it's given us an opportunity to really focus on what is really going to drive the business, what the consumer is looking for, what our what our teams are looking for, and ultimately what's going to make a difference down the road. So yeah. it's actually been a good thing in a, in a weird sort of way. Yeah, you know, it's I, that's been a part of conversations I've had with a lot of people, which is, you know, as hard as it is to say right now, ultimately this season will make the restaurant industry stronger. It will make restaurant businesses stronger. They'll learn how to be leaner and meaner and uh, and more efficient, which, you know, someday in the future we'll all be able to look back and see the ways in which uh, that it has done that to the restaurant industry. Um, what have been some of those lessons for you? What are some of the things that you've learned in this season that you know you're going to take with you down the road? Well, you know, it's funny for me, I've been, um, you know, back at the level of, you know, taking a program or product product um, through its through its inception, its early stage sort of bench testing through mm-hmm. sort of opera, opera, yeah, opera, I can't even say this word, <laughs> operationalizing the uh, pro- process, you know, op services kind of stuff. And now we're sort of beginning the real sort of marketing sort of side of it. So, you know, for me to have been as intimately involved in this as I've been with this program, it's been a while. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, being able to touch the food again, really hit the food in, a, in, in such a powerful way where you're sort of watching it through the whole evolution every step of the way, um, as tightly as we are now, it's something that I think, you know, gets away from us a lot of times, you know, cause we get busy mm-hmm. with other things. We got support staff when all of a sudden there's no support staff, you are really down to the, down to the nitty gritty of figuring out how to make things work again. So for me, it's right. a pretty positive thing. What about in terms of core life's expansion after this too, in that, you know, there's going to be a lot of real estate available, you know, there's going to be less competition after this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's depressing, right? Somber to think about all the businesses that are going to close. But after this, there will be opportunity. Do you feel like there's going to be pressure to step on the accelerator a bit? Um, At some level, I feel like, you know, we've got, you know, we've got a number of locations that will open later this year that we're already in the books. Um, So that's going to continue forward. But I think we're, you know, what it's helping us do is really rethink what's the model, right? What's the square mm-hmm. footage model? What's the menu model? And, you know, we're not that far away from what we really want to be. I think this has helped us just try to tighten that down a little further. So I think for us, it's really, let's make sure we've got the menu where we want it to be, our operation systems where we want them to be. And as, as that stuff feels great to us, then we'll continue to put more pressure on the accelerator and, and move forward, you know, from a new mm-hmm. growth, from a new uh, store level kind of perspective. But 
you know, we see this as an opportunity to grow internally, get better before we get bigger again. So, yeah. Uh, do you think you'll refocus your attention on more off-premises? I mean, obviously off-premises is going to be the primary way that you do business probably until at least there's a vaccine that comes out. But, you know, do you think that the core life business will be permanently altered in that way? Um, at some level, I think it'll be a more of a, a larger emphasis on it for sure. You know, it's funny. We um, just brought a marketing uh, VP on last December and we came from California and in her world, they were running about 40% pretty much everywhere in California that she was from San Diego. And that mm-hmm. was sort of a normal percentage of the business out there. Whereas right. you know, we're in the sort of upstate New York and it seems like it's a little, little bit more less mature or a little less mature in this market. So we've been running up to this point. We were running about, you know, 15%, maybe 20 for sort of mobile delivery and all that sort of stuff put together. And mm-hmm. I do believe, you know, after this, I expect those numbers will, will have a sort of a step function jump to a whole nother level as we come out of this. But, you know, for us, the good news is a lot of what we've already been doing has already been in place. So it's just, it's actually going to probably make our off-premise business better because it'll give us a little bit more of a base to work from, which is obviously better for labor, which translates into better orders and more accuracy down the road at some, some level. Did you guys have to, I know you talked about some of the things operationally you had to adjust with your, your signage and throughput and things to be able to get the food out the, the store. But what about when it comes to like, you know, changing the food to make sure it carries better or getting different packaging? Were there any big changes you had to make in that regard to make sure that the off-premises was on point for this season? Um, not really, because our packaging, we, we've had to vet that out a few different times over the years to get that sort of, so it would transport well and, and really hold well. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. funny, one of the things that works for us is, our, you know, our salads, the things that are cold by nature, stay pretty nice in the containers we use. And the uh, the warm things hold the flavor well. So, that you know, the products we have don't seem to lose their temperature very, very quickly or mm-hmm. you know, fall into the wrong range very fast. Um, and, you know, we find is the, um, you know, sort of overall the processes we've, we've had. We've, we've had a dedicated station since our second location for mobile building and structure and all that sort of stuff. So that's really helped us out. And if anything, it just helped us kind of continue to fine tune how we organize those stations, how we staff them, and ultimately how our technology works for us. You talked about some of that communication with the customers earlier and, and, and this idea of trying not to be opportuni- opportunistic about talking about some of those you know, health advantages that the core life business offers. And I'm wondering how you, how you kind of you know, toe that line or you know, how do you shape a message moving forward around this idea of healthfulness in an age where you don't want to seem opportunistic, you don't want to seem like you're riding the coattails of a pandemic, but you do want to make sure the brand is considered in this you know, post-pandemic world where health will be at the forefront yeah well so something very interesting happened during this uh, crisis for us and that we were actually um, named as the top pick by consumer uh, reports for sort of healthy new restaurant chains so which is yeah. great some of the biggest chains my former employers on that on that list and we were at the top so that's been a great thing for us and uh, but it's still very early and obviously um, I think you know one of the things we've learned about is when you're talking about healthy menus to people, you got to be very careful because for a lot of people, when you hear the word healthy menu, they think food that's not good to taste, right? Right. So for us, it's really finding the balance between you know the lifestyle component of it, the taste component of it, and you know how it all fits together to you know give you a satisfying meal, but also higher performance and if you feel better. I mean, the, the, it's funny, but the the most frequent comment we hear from folks when they come to Core Life after they leave is wow, I really feel good after this. I don't feel all bloaty and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting for us in that, you know, we're kind of excited to get more of that word out because we know that once people experience it, 
it actually delivers on that experience. It's not one of those pitches of great looking food, but when you come in, you unwrap it. It's not what, this, what you see, right? So yeah. the experience really does live up. Thinking more broadly about the restaurant industry, um, you know, obviously this has affected different brands and different sectors of the industry in different ways. You know, of course, full service really took it on the chin. Um, I think full service will forever be changed. Um, certainly QSR and fast casual better positioned to handle this, but different companies affected in, in different ways. Uh, you know, it's interesting to just consider all of the various ways that this will change the industry moving forward. I'm wonder what, wondering what you think about that. What's your vision for the, what the restaurant industry will look like in the years ahead? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think I think you're going to continue to see more and more convenience. Obviously, this is just going to continue to drive the convenience factor. You know, whether it's drive-throughs or mobile ordering and delivery. I think this mm-hmm. that side of the business continues to be turbocharged, and I think it's going to be interesting to sort of see what happens to the restaurant experience, if you would. Right? I mean, I, you know, at Panera, we spent a lot of time thinking about what we call the third place, like Starbucks does, right? Mm-hmm. And or the gathering place, a place for people to come and socialize. And, you know, some level core life has a bigger dining room than most places in our sort of space in that a, we're mostly in the suburbs and then B we've become a place for people to gather and, you know, sort of just hang out and talk about the food they like to eat. And, you know, it becomes sort of a meeting spot for folks. I think, I think that element of restaurants at some level, people are going to continue to be looking for that place. That's not really home. It's not really work. It's, it is really that third place. You know, mm-hmm. most of us in the last, you know, last 30 years, those have been coffee shops and restaurants and those kinds of places. So I think we're going to have to find ways for, you know, to accommodate people, to see how people's sensitivity to, you know, strangers is is going to evolve for us. But uh, some level deep in our deep in our sort of psyche, we need to be near people. We need to be around. We need to talk to people. So yeah. I think ultimately we'll find either technology or design will help us through this process. But some level... We can't become loners completely. It just doesn't seem like it's ever going to work that way. Yeah. Do any Core Life uh, stores have drive-through? Uh, we have one location that was formerly a Pizza Hut that has a, that had sort of a legacy drive-through, and okay. it's really more of a takeout window because it's it's all about you know you pre-order and you can drive up and pick up and, and go. Right. Is that something you're going to look at more in the future? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah, we would we would do it anyway. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. I have to imagine drive-through real estate after this is really going to come at a premium. Yeah, I'm sure these end caps, small end caps will be really, really a high dollar thing and these, you know, small freestanders. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, Scott, last question for you is um, what is one bit of wisdom or hope or encouragement you can leave our listeners with? Something that's giving you hope in the this somber season? Yeah, you know, I guess for me it would be, um, you know, when things slow down, Take advantage where you possibly can to kind of go and rediscover something that maybe you forgot about or you lost, right? I mean, for mm-hmm. me, going in and, and you know, literally doing you know, conce- you know, inception to rollout, touching the product all the way through end to end. It's been a long time since so I've really been that deeply involved in it, and mm-hmm. you know, it's been it's been sort of um, what's the right word? It's almost like a rebirth for me where I think about food, think about you know, all the different elements of that because you know, over time you sort of drift away from some of that stuff. And sort of focus on little details. <clears throat> this is giving me much more of a focus on end to end. What is it, any new product we're going to do due to our business, our people, our customers? And it's yeah. been a great process for me personally. Hmm, that's good. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Appreciate your insights. And uh, good luck to you guys and be well. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take care.